Hi, everybody. This is Not a Couple, uh, Will and Grace podcast. Most of you, if not all of you know, uh, this week there were some tragic events in Orlando, a uh, shooting that took the lives of 50 people, mm-hmm. wounded 50-odd others. So um, we just felt as a queer podcast run by queer people that it wouldn't be appropriate to start off this week's episode without saying something about mm-hmm. that. So we just wanted to remind all of our followers that, you know, we're glad that everyone who is safe is safe and we, our thoughts go out to the people who maybe aren't. We also wanted to recommend and let people know that we've been trying to keep some resources on our Twitter page um, and our Tumblr page. Uh, so there are some resources for folks who are local in Orlando. If you need any extra help taking care of yourselves and taking care of others. There's just a couple of counseling services and stuff that um, I've seen, so I've been reposting those. Um, But yeah, we just really wanted to take this moment just to sit with this horrible tragedy that's happened and um, just remind all of our followers, queer allies, etc., just to take care of themselves, take care of each other. This is a really horrible tragedy that happened, but we don't want it to define us, so... One of the wonderful things about the LGBT community, in my opinion, is that we have taken things like pride because terrible things have happened to us, and we kind of like to throw that back in people's faces. <laughs> so uh, just, you know, stay strong. It's going to be okay. We'll get through it. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks and, for uh, listening to us, and now we're going to do our silly normal episode. Hopefully we can make you laugh on this awful, awful week. Thanks again, and uh, again, if you need... Anything, just check all of our social media posts. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep posting stuff as we can. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks, guys. about episode number 12, My Fair Matey. Yay! It's like maids, not like a pirate. Arr, my fair matey. Yes, like maids. Like merry maids. Yep, with a Y at the end. With a Y at the end. Alright, uh, let's get into the episode description, then we can start talking about it, because we have right. a fair amount to say about this. Yeah. Uh, while Grace is pulling her hair out over a showcase attended by critics, Will hires a maid whose presence changes Grace into a creative dynamo. Yup. Which is fair. That's fair. A little uh, exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is they're introducing a new character into the mix for an episode. Mm-hmm. It's this maid, uh, played by Wendy Jo Sperber. Yeah, I think her name is April. Uh, yes, her name is April. And basically the setup is that there's this big show. That Grace is doing. Right. It's like an annual design show. It's like Nationals on Glee. Like, yes. It's allegedly important, but no one else cares about it. Right. <laughs> uh, and she loses. Yes, every year. Because she's a terrible designer. Uh, well, yes. Well, or, or maybe. Maybe. It might be that she just gets so anxious every year that she psychs herself out and doesn't do a good job. Right. The but episode hasn't seemed to decide... It doesn't really fall... Which of those it is. Because you kind of have at the beginning, Will is talking to Jack about it when Grace isn't there, mm-hmm. and he seems to be kind of implying he's like, she never wins. Right. Because she sucks. Right. But then it's like... At the end, it's like maybe she never wins just because she freaks herself out mm-hmm. and changes everything. 
Yeah, and that's just like the first of a few problems we have with this. Oh, yeah, this one's a kind of a doozy. To clarify, this is not like a problematic episode. No, it's just like a not good episode. Yeah. It's... But like, there's nothing like inherently really like wrong about mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't feel like putting on my social justice warrior hat and like <laughs> having a Twitter war with like the showrunners or whatever. Right. Like, I just, this episode just like, it kind of falls flat. Right. Which just doesn't translate. Which happens. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's been like almost 20 years since the show came out. Right. So we're going to have a couple of these that are kind of just dead. Right. And all the ones we've watched so far, I can't think of any other episode we've seen that has been just a flat dud without having some broader problem. Right. Like, I feel like there have been some other duds, but they've all been like, ooh, sort of like, ah, it's 2016 now. We don't say that. We don't think that Mm -hmm. way. We don't talk about stuff like that. Right. Whereas this is just like, eh, this, this could be an episode of like, um, How I Met Your Mother or Happy Endings or something where like someone freaks themselves out about a job something and they like weirdly cling to a maid. Right. To make them feel better, but that's just whatever. Well, let's talk about this in the context of other episodes because yeah. this is kind of a good example of what sitcoms have to do after a while is introduce a new character, just a random person, spices up the group, mm-hmm. changes the dynamics. Yeah shenanigans happen. Yes. And I think that's where the episode doesn't work for me because... Because the shenanigans aren't very funny. Right. And the the group dynamic is not really changed up that much. Right. It's just there's like a slight shift and it's mostly everyone kind of giving Grace side eye. Right. Grace is a mess. They're just a total wreck. Like, Actually, the beginning of the episode is a little funny because of how much of a wreck Grace is. She literally has at one point like, like a whole fucking cup of pens in her hair. Yep. Like she's taking them out one by one. It's ridiculous. There's other things in her hair. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's paper in it. Like probably a baguette somewhere. Probably leaves. I don't know. (laughs) But so then Will being his also supportive self is like, Oh, I got you a present to make you feel better. Cause I know you can't work when everything's messy. makes you anxious. And she's like, "Um, Will, that's you. Yeah. So he hired a cleaning lady literally for himself under the guise of making Grace feel better. Which I guess I wouldn't have that big of a problem with. Middle of a really stressful time, I wouldn't really want to be worried about cleaning. And if right. my roommate had the means to do that, it would be kind of nice. But it would that could come off as yeah, that could come off as nice or like a good right roommate. But not like piece. the ultimate supportive act that right. Will seems to think it is. It turns out a little supportive, if only because the maid is kind of a hard ass. Yes, but also supportive of Grace in a way that the other characters aren't. Yeah, like, literally, she's kind of the only one who tells Grace that she doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. It, like, pretty much the whole episode, like, I don't even think at the end that we have a real moment where Will, like, genuinely says, right. no, no, you're good at this. She kind of turns into this character who's sort of either, like, a really aggro friend. Yes. Or a really positive drill sergeant. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this character. Because Grace starts bringing her work. Yeah, it's weird. So it all kind Karen of, gets threatened. Oh, my God. So, yeah, the whole thing kind of starts because she's, like, cleaning their apartment where Grace is inexplicably working from home even though she pays for this office space. Which, whatever. Why she doesn't have... Why is Grace Adler still employed? Who knows? Why is Grace Adler still employed? This week she's not even using her office space. But at least this one, like, the episode wouldn't happen if she didn't. Right. So it starts because April finds one of her crumpled up designs kind of like, oh, are you throwing this out? This is good. And then just Grace starts being like, I suck. And then every time she says something like that, like, literally, this this maid, April, just shouts at her. She's right. just like, I'm going to tell you to do this thing. I learned it in the army. Just, <laughs> like, relax. No, it was the Coast Guard, I think. Oh, it was the Coast Guard. You're right. It wasn't, like, an actual branch of the military. They are an re- actual branch of the military. Yeah. Coast Guard listeners, do not stop listening to this podcast. Mm. All one and a half. We years. love you. We appreciate you guarding the coast. Thanks for guarding our coast, Coast Guard. Yeah. 
This episode's brought to you by the Coast Guard. You're totally real. This episode not actually brought to you by the Coast Guard. Oh, that was kind of sexual. Oh, I'm turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but so like literally she's just like, okay, find your happy place, think happy thoughts, <laughs> and just like shouts until Grace. I really appreciate you screaming directly to the microphone. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. That was Everyone's nice. going to love that at home. I'm not fixing that. That's good. <laughs> Jump scares in our podcast. That's cool. Bam. Yeah. So basically, her method of supporting Grace is just whenever Grace gets too negative, she screams at her. Mm-hmm. And Grace inexplicably latches onto that because it's like the only positive reinforcement she's getting. Right. And it's definitely working because it's yeah. keeping Grace from throwing out all of her good designs. Which I guess is good. Right. Um, I mean, you and I have done that before where like... If we think about something too much, we start to throw out the oh, good yeah. designs that we have. Oh, absolutely. I feel like every person who does any kind of creative work will find themselves at some point in some rut where they completely spin out, convince themselves they're mm-hmm. a hack, and, like, freak out. And so it is sometimes nice to have someone who's just, like, there to, like, literally shake you and be like, Ah! <laughs> no, you're fine. You're good. You can do this. Right. But most of us don't have our roommates hire a cleaning lady and then bring the cleaning lady to work with us. Right. And that's that was part of, probably a missed opportunity for me is I wish... Will had gotten the opportunity to be that person. In the mm-hmm. end, as the as the storyline progresses, he does not, ultimately. Right. He just kind of takes away Grace's positive reinforcement. Right, like, he never becomes the person who's like, Grace, no, you can do this. You don't need this cleaning lady right. to follow you around and tell you you can do it. You can do it on your own. Instead, he's just like, no, I paid her money not to be here. <laughs> and didn't offer you any help at all because nope. I'm a jerk. He does move the, the trunk back. Mm-hmm. While they're fighting over it. Yes. But it's so it's sort of, I don't know maybe if, if there's a way we can describe this to people at home who haven't maybe watched this episode so recently, but my image of the, the expo that Grace finally gets to is sort of like... Like a boat show almost. Sort of like a boat show, but also like a kid's diorama project. Yeah. But it's life like, size. It was like half boat show, half science fair. It was very strange. Like everyone had their own little cube. So like basically it was like a cubicle sized room that they would then... Design. Right. And someone would walk around and judge the designs. Also kind of like a county fair. Yeah. There's sort of, there's sort of that element to it. Because like if you've ever, if you are from the country like us and you've been to 4-H, mm. like there's those viewings where like everyone has their little table where they have things. Right. It's it like, was sort of like that, but on yeah. a big interior design scale. Yeah. So it was like, here's my pig I raised, except it was actually a, a, a meditation room that you designed. Right. Well, and I think that, is, that was sort of a missed opportunity because that idea has a lot of possible setups to it. Right. Grace could have a, a rival that gets introduced. Right. Like, there could have been so many other ways that this episode could have been interesting. Mm-hmm. And instead, we don't even get any good jokes about the meditation room, really. No, not um, really. I think there's one throwaway joke about how she's so stressed out that she'd even freak out the Dalai Lama or something. Right. And that that's it. That's Right. It's like, inherently hilarious that Grace has to make a meditation room and she's... Like, a fucking nervous wreck. Right, like, she's getting so nervous that her hair is getting bigger, I think. Right. Like, like she, it could be so funny that she's doing this meditation room while she's, like, literally, like, jittering out of her skull because she's been existing on coffee mm-hmm. and no-dos for three days. Right. And it just seems like most of the jokes really just don't land. or no. Or they're, they don't come off as jokes. Right. They come off as an actually neurotic, actually anxious Grace, right. actually feeling anxious and neurotic. Right. And then it's even worse because in addition to those not really being jokes, no one around her seems to give a shit. Like, right. I would hope that if I was exhibiting those types of signs of an actual, like, anxious collapse, that mm-hmm. someone would be like, okay, you know, we're going to take away the coffee. 
I'm, yeah. I'm gonna just wrap you up, a little bright blanket burrito, sit you down, uh, mm-hmm. put you to bed for a little while, like, <laughs> you're gonna be okay. And that probably is one way in which this episode has a little bit of a disconnect, is yes. that if a character on a sitcom was having this happen to them... They would get diagnosed with bipolar 2. Right, if only just for the narrative possibilities of that in the future. Right, like, I just, I just, I mean, like, especially, this is especially conscious in my mind because we both recently finished watching Lady Dynamite. It's really good. It's really good. Woo! It's amazing. That's my Maria Bamford impression. It's really bad. Absolutely watch everything that Maria Bamford's ever done, ever. Mm -hmm. But essentially, her character kind of does stuff like what Grace is doing in this episode. Mm -hmm. You see through various episodes, she starts to talk faster, and she gets more and more anxious, and she gets really, really up and really excited, and she's doing this, and she's doing that, and then she breaks out that she's failing, and then she, like, does this thing where she, like, hides in showers and screams into a sponge. That is funny. And, like, I could see Grace doing that in this episode, but the thing is, and this is funny, in that Lady Dynamite, which is produced in 2016... Maria Bamford's character gets diagnosed with, like, that's a manic episode. Like, right. she's struggling with mania. Right. This is not, this is not just everyday neuroses. This is, like, right. an actual mental illness. Right. And I think the episode does kind of protect itself from that by making it something that happens to Grace every year. But at the same time, right. Grace's character does a little bit get defined by how neurotic and strange she is. And I don't right. want to I don't want to overdiagnose her as a person. Right. I think that's kind of a, a thing that happens to women a lot is that they just they just they're just Mrs. Crazy. Right, exactly. She's but, allowed to be a little neurotic without right. having a mental disorder. Exactly. But this episode kind of pushes pushes that a little too close to the line. Yeah. And it feels like it, it tips over. A few Especially times. because her friends are not supportive. Exactly. Like if we've seen any scene where anyone could have talked her down, because even April, who essentially just screams at her doesn't ever actually talk her down. Instead, she just becomes neurotically dependent on April. Right. And as soon as April gets money to not show up, April doesn't show up because she doesn't give a fuck about Grace. Because she's not Grace's friend. She's right. her employee. She's like, oh my god, this is so great. I'm getting paid, like, all the time. And I'm not even having to clean their apartment. Right. She's just getting paid to sit there and be like, ah! Right. I would take that job. Me too. Oh my god. <laughs> Especially, like, I mean, Will's got money. Like, you pay her a hundred bucks just to not show up somewhere. And that's, like, a hundred bucks in 1999. I know. That's fantastic. Hey, any listeners who want to uh, pay me a hundred bucks not to show up somewhere um, addressing for inflation from 1999, I would be game. I will not show up to anything you don't want me to show up to. Just, uh, I'll send you my PayPal information. <laughs> or send us a direct message on our Twitter account, not a couple show. Ooh, nice plug. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the other plot of this episode, which I frankly think was a lot better. Oh man, this one was pretty good, in my opinion. Too. So, we haven't talked about Jack at all, and he is the, the B-plot. Yes. He's gotten the B-plot a couple... Not a couple weeks in a row. I guess last week he didn't with Will and Ice. But. But he has added a lot. And it's it's a good one because it's actually, I think, kind of introduced before the A-plot because they're chatting about his, uh, he and Will are dating, right? They're doing online dating, which is Mm -hmm. edgy and weird in 1999. Yeah, so it's a a big deal that Jack met this person not online because he always meets people online, Mm -hmm. which is creepy because I think he said that his online name is Butt Masterson. No, I think it's, I think that's what, uh. Will calls it. I'm sure that's not what it actually is. Whatever. But now... I mean, I'm not... I, I objectively, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it is That actually might Jack. work. But this plot with Jack is really funny because we also kind of watch someone, like, have kind of a weird neurotic spin-out, but in such a very classic sitcom way. Yes. And it's very funny to watch. Yes. I think Jack's spin-out is... It's, you're right. It's very similar to Grace's. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more traditional in that it's, it's a little bit more slapstick. Yes. It's a little... It's a little lower. The stakes are a lot lower. Yes, and also it's completely his own fault. 
Right, like, exactly. Grace is a little bit influenced by outside stuff. And it's Grace's, like, job. Like, it's her livelihood. Right. It's really important. This is just... Jacks, it's like, he fucked up on the date one with this guy. And, like, can't get out of the fuck up. Right, so Jack has this date, but he fucks up and he tells the date, whose name is Alex... I don't remember. Maybe. He's a PhD student at, like, Columbia or something. Right, which is introduced a little bit later. Yes. Um, he tells him that he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he's in, like, Will's office, which is this great sight gag where, like, he's revealed in... Uh, Will's chair, like chatting with this dude, like saying like fake lawyery things. Mm-hmm. Just, it's so funny. Tap tap tapping away on the arcane nineteen ninety nine computer, and it's so amazing because like Will shows up and then he's like, "Oh yes, Will, my assistant," <laughs> and Will just like takes a breath and goes with it, and it's very funny. <laughs> and um, there's a beautiful line where like when uh the date, I think his name is Alex. I think yeah. he said uh, he's like, "Sorry if your name's not Alex." Dude. Dude, whatever. You only exist in this episode. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, like, he walks out of the room for a second, and, you know, Will's doing his, like, you can't lie to him, blah, 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 blah. But it's pretty funny, because um, Jack's like, I know, I know, I'm going to tell him over lunch, because they're going to lunch. Right. And he's like, oh, what do you, and he says something about, like, can I get you anything? And he makes a joke about torts, and that, which is, like, a big lawyer thing. Right, right. And Jack like, is, yeah, and so Jack is like, no, we're going for Chinese. <laughs> like he's like he's so not even a good enough fake lawyer to know that torts is a word he should know right. just like totally it's just out of over it. his head gone done and well and then first of all there's two th- things that are my favorite thing about this plot first of all is there's a bit where they get trapped in the office and Jack goes to run out the window and I am not convinced <laughs> that Sean Hayes did not fuck up and run into a closed window yes because it was funny. It it looks he runs into a window. Spoiler. Uh-huh. It's real hilarious. It does not look like Sean Hayes yeah. means the window is closed. Right. So essentially, like he's in Will's office again. He's like half dressed. He has like mm-hmm. a suit top on. I think it must be like a like a tearaway suit from like a production he'd been in or something. Or you know, stripping. Or it's, stripping. He's or probably what? always doing that. Whatever. So like how in Friends, you know that Phoebe and Joey are always banging. Yes. Like you know that <laughs> Jack is always a stripper. He's always a stripper. Right. But, so, and he has, like, joggers on on the bottom, and, like... Also, probably tear away. Also, probably tear away. <laughs> or the button-up kind. Yep. But, so, he, like, walks in, and he's like, Oh, no, no, Will, I didn't tell him, and I need to use your office, blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, setting up Will's office frantically, and then Will's looking out the window, and he's like, Oh, um, I see you didn't lock your bike. And so, <laughs> he, like, goes to go out the front door, but then his thing is coming, so he can't go out the front door, so then he goes to dive out the window. But then he smacks it into the window... And then Eric McCormick makes this face that makes us both not sure if he was actually supposed to smack into the window right. or not. Because he makes this, like, half-pained, half-laugh-grimace <laughs> thing, and it's very funny. So if anyone wants to scour the internet and find out if they've ever admitted to this, maybe yeah. maybe we'll tweet at Sean Hayes. We'll be like, he's, were you really supposed to run in that window, bro? Or he just, just He's just coming off of Tony's. He probably has a lot of free time. I guess he's doing eight shows a week or something. Yeah. Thank God. Literally. Literally. Uh, but anyways, my second favorite best thing about this is that in the end, this guy who's a PhD student and would have tons of time to spend just naked in Jack's apartment, which I guess Jack has, or does he live with his mom? Who Who knows? knows? Um, he's like, I'm sorry, your situation is just so high intensity. You're You're, two together. You're two together, you're too busy. And Jack's like, no, I'm not, I'm really not. He's He's like, like, I'm not actually a lawyer. And he's like, aww. That's cute. But no. But okay. And he's like, could you get me your assistance number? He seems like he's more my speed. He's straight. And we, it's just, he's straight. And he just like pushes him out of the office. And it's just, oh, it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny, but so sad. Because it's just that classic sitcom irony to discover. But it's done in such an interesting way because, you know, it is 
1999. Right. They're gay. Right. It's That's the thing. Dudes. It's sort of like the pilot when we were like talking about how this plotline would be really dumb and boring, except for the fact that there's the gay element. Yes. I think that's what I liked about it, is it does what season one Will and Grace, in my opinion, should do, which is take some of those boring tropes and play with them first before getting too complicated. Exactly. So it does a really good job of it. It keeps it all very surface, and it's all very funny and cute, and, oh, no, he said he likes me, but he only likes me because I'm going to be a lawyer, but then, oh, shit, as it turns out, he doesn't like me because he thinks I'm cute together, and he'd actually probably, like, real me, but I lied to him, and now he doesn't believe that I'm not lying anymore. Right, and, like, the very nature of the plotline and the kicker at the end where he wants to date Will, like, that just isn't possible to exist before the modern period because, we, as we know, bisexuals didn't exist before 2014. We didn't, no. They just completely spontaneous by combustion. Yes, we all just appeared on the planet <laughs> at that point. We got zapped with a ray. Right. So it wouldn't have been possible before no. 2014 when bisexuals erupted from a volcano. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be harder to do. Yes, it just, it probably wouldn't have happened on TV prior to 2014 when our Lord and Savior Xena, the warrior princess, came right. down and made everyone bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, it's very funny because it has both the classic, like, sitcom, like, belly chuckles, but also it's gay and it's great and right. it's Jack and we love him and it's amazing. Yeah. But the difference between the B plot and the A plot, which is I think where we kind of want to maybe drift a little bit. Yes. Um... Is that Jack doesn't really learn his lesson. He yes. just kind of gets screwed. Again, like in Will and Ice, where yes. both... Everybody learns a lesson, except it's just Grace that learns a lesson. Except it's just Grace that learns a lesson. And again, it's just Grace that learns a lesson, mm-hmm. because it's Will and Grace still. Like, it's, yes. that's the show. It's Will and Grace, and this time Grace learns a lesson that she shouldn't freak out. Mm-hmm. She should trust herself. Because, okay, so she gets vague positive feedback. Sort of positive reinforcement she from the judges. When there's no... She's at least not the worst person there. Yes. Um, because... Which, which, yay, I guess. Right. It's... It does a good job of making it so the point is not whether or not Grace wins. Right, the point is that I think she's supposed to, but the episode doesn't make that really obvious. Yes. So, but ultimately what we're supposed to learn is that Grace shouldn't freak out because she's talented and we love her Mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay, baby. Right. So then at the end of the episode... She's apologized to Will, and they're kind of commiserating a little bit. And or not commiserating if yeah, yeah. she won again. Again, we don't really know. It doesn't quite say. But it's just pretty funny just because, you know, Grace is apologizing, and Will's just so smug. Yeah. Which I love, personally, because I know the handful of times that I win a fight with you, I am the smuggest bitch I would just ever like to point spread out, across the earth. Then I would just like to point out how few times you win fights. I know, but when I do, I really, really fucking roll with it. Yes, you do. <laughs> but yeah, so there is this great scene where Will's being smug, and they're sitting on the stones in the meditation room, and yep. they're having an um... Um... Conversation. It's like the end of Mad Men, except then they don't play the Coke commercial. Yes. Um, and it's, it's very funny, because at the end of it, Will's like, um... I feel like there's a rock in my bum. And it's all very funny because we end with a butt joke. Yep. And yay, Will and Grace. Yeah, so it's kind of a nice, uh, it's a very contemplative way of ending the episode where everyone is at peace. The wills and the graces of the world have found harmony, the yin and the yang. I'm making gestures with my hands and they're getting very twisty and turny. I wish I could take a picture of it, but I didn't bring my phone in here. Oh, so. sorry. You'll always be missing out forever, listeners. Paint a mind picture. It's, I just, I took my hands, but I bent them around a lot. It wasn't, you can do it at home. It's not that exciting. Paint a mind picture. 
Or a real picture. We're happily accepting fan art. <laughs> yes, please paint a fan art of us two sitting of lotus... fan art? <laughs> paint a fan art of us sitting lotus style uh, at our table. It's one of those, like, 60s tables that's really low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm just twisting my arms up like a crazy person. And I'm making faces. Handcuffed. handcuffed. Yes. Um, um, also, yeah. shout out to our happy, beautiful pride selfie that we posted on the Twitter. Yes, you can see what we look like. Not in Halloween costumes for once. Yay! Please don't hunt us down. And let's want to be friends! Yay! Friendship! Friendship! I'm sorry with the reborn white people! Yay! We promise we still like you. On that note. Yay! Uh, thanks for listening again, you guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry this wasn't a super exciting episode, but I think um, we found some fun things. I to think talk we about. found some humor in all the neuroses. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm excited for some episodes that are coming up. Uh, yeah, we've got some good ones coming up on the. The Coming next one, the, pike. the next one's called The Unsinkable Mommy Adler, which Ooh. I'm thrilled because yes. mommy introducing issues. Mommy Issues is a great wealth of sitcom trips. And then we've got a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So exciting, two-parter. Two-parter. So you'll have that to look forward to in a couple of weeks, so yep. we're pretty excited. We're probably going to do a double episode, mm-hmm. so set your DVRs. We might even have a guest. We're kind of awaiting confirmation. Guest, special guest. Special if we don't actually have the special guest... We I'm, will edit this part out. <laughs> well, no, it'll be too late. But <laughs> if we do have a special guest and we don't edit this part out, I'll just do voices. Oh, that'll be fun. Voices are fun. No, they're not. Matthew's not very good at voices. You're not very good at voices. Yes, Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I call shotgun. <laughs> Matthew's voices are mostly just to do Billy Eichner's voice. Kind of quieter. I resent that, but also I'm sort of appreciative. I want to go horseback riding! <laughs> Alright, guys. I hope we didn't blow your eardrums. Thanks so much for listening to us this week. Yes, thanks for listening. So, if you like us, you love us, you want more of us, you want to follow us, tweet at us, send us pictures, send us fan art, la la la, you can do that by following us at NotACoupleShow on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. No hyphens, nothing like that. Uh, and you can also send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Cool. And send us your fan art. Draw us pictures of us. <laughs> Do it. Yay! So, remember, Tessie has the two big circles and the hat on circles. top. And I don't remember what we said I had. I think you're just and a smaller sticks. circle. I'm just a smaller circle? Yeah, I don't know. So. Maybe, maybe you're like a snowman circles. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Just like one big belly circle. <laughs> All right. You're a puppy! Bark! Bark! Alright, guys, thanks so much for listening. Once again, uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Another Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. This episode was brought to you by the Sublime Design Showcase. New York City premiere once a year showcase of design dioramas. The patented design dioramas are like a regular diorama that children make, except children's are interesting and fashionable. The Sublime Design Showcase.